Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Shane Waldron, by the way, will be introduced today. He will have his first news conference, introductory press conference, the new Bears Offensive coordinator. A lot of the conversation on offense revolved around, you know, adaptability. What what can you do with, you know, different pieces of the puzzle depending on each year. Each year in this league is going to be its own individual year. And I think priding ourselves on having an offensive system, uh, a group of coaches that can adapt and, and, and adjust the scheme to the player's skill set. David Haw. Today's more about style than substance. How does he communicate? What Absolutely. do you think of his personality? Yeah. Does he have charisma? Can he command a room? Because the first question that he's going to face is going to be, when you were interviewing for this job, which quarterback am I going to be yes. coaching? What are your early impressions of Caleb Williams? Yeah, I think, you know, from afar, you know, mainly my, my impression of a lot of these quarterbacks, all the college quarterbacks was, especially there's, a, you know, multiple quarterbacks that have already performed on the highest stage, you know, in big games. And obviously he's one of them. And Have you evaluated Justin and what did you make of this? I think for him, you know, talking about individual evaluations, it's been much more build the staff, build our, uh, you know, base of what we're going to do, allow us to, you know, start to make some decisions, not just at that spot, but at, at all the spots. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score. Mully the morning mauler. My man David Haw. I love it. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, boy. Hey, Bulls came close. The Bulls won a half. Let's just look at it that way. The very happy result for the Bulls. Let's not talk about the third quarter or what happened thereafter. Martin Mully, happy Friday. Yeah, that was a very difficult game to watch, but yes. not really surprising at all. No. That's the difference between an NBA title contender and an NBA team stuck in the middle. Stuck in this big, huge pile of mediocrity that is the NBA middle class. Undermanned a little bit. Let's give them excuses. They have them. Yeah. They're legit. They're legit. They are not at full strength. They haven't been 
for quite some time. And this is what I think we're going to see the rest of the way. This is how hard the Bulls are going to be to watch. There are 26 games left, and that is a threat more than a promise. Yeah. I, That's I, tough. Yeah, I, I tell you what. And they, you know, they got some – they they got some games, then they got the Bucks. It's almost like you know you keep you look at them like oh they oh they got the Boston Celtics. Well, that's okay. But you know that's the top they, team in the Eastern Conference. So you write that off? Yeah, I oh. mean honestly, did you yeah. think that was going to be a win? No, but I when was they came, pleased that they came back. They started slow. They came back and you thought and they okay, took a lead at halftime. Maybe the Celtics going to have this little bit post All Star break letdown. Maybe stop the NBA. I want to get off. Yeah, you wondered for a bit. And then the Celtics did what they do. They're deep. They're talented. They can shoot the three. Uh-huh. And everything was clicking in the second half, especially the third quarter. And you wanted to look away. So I did. You wanted to look away. <laughs> it did. It got, it just, that was, it was, it was like, wow, you know, they're actually leading at halftime. Do you think there's any, oh no, never mind. It's exciting for a moment. It was for a second. It was enough to take my mind off the Bears' riveting press conference and the Cub Sox today. The Bears' press conference says. I'm going to add them up, okay? I thought both coordinators were in, like, really awkward positions. Hey, here here you are. You're calling all the shots. You're running your own show. Get out there and don't mention either quarterback by name or any quarterback (laughs) by name, and whatever you do, just – just hem and haw and stay away from the good questions. It was it was just an awkward sort of situation. Then you go to your defensive court. Listen, I'm calling the plays. You just go out there, tell them on game day you're gonna like add some. Oh, I'll I'll I, there's gonna come a time in my career where I will call a play. I can call a play. It was just awkward. I know. It, it was. was just awkward, the, but that's the Bears. There's no – well, I think it's just a product of where they are. Yes. Any team would have been – any coordinator to joining a team in these circumstances would have been hamstrung by the same limitations, right? Because you can't no say doubt about anything it. about specifics. Now, I want to be consistent here, though, because we, we, we both have been around a long time, and every time they hire somebody, if it's if it's – a big delay between the time they hire and announce the move right. and the time they introduce that person to the Chicago media. We're like, where where are these guys? Right. What, what, what are they hiding no. from? Yo, you got to roll them out. Roll that guy. Roll them out. Let Regardless me, of what me, they can't say. Let me get a feel for them. I want to be able to recognize them when I go to the combine. Yes. So I can tackle them in the hallway yeah. so, as it go by. Psst, psst, hey, buddy, come yeah. over here. Tell me who you're really going to draft. There you go. Or what you really want to do. So I don't want to criticize – the, no. vague, the vagueness of the exercise. It, 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 because it, it, it had implicit, to be. Implicit within the news conference was the fact that you couldn't say anything. Right. They don't. They, they apparently next week will come up with their quarterback plan. Well, so they roll the guy out on a, fr- on a Thursday. They're leaving for the combine yeah. on Tuesday or Wednesday. The plan is being, being driven down there, there with armored car and security on it's, Monday night. And I always love these th- these questions, but is, are they going together, or is there a caravan? Like well, how how will they actually? The get offensive to coordinator, and the head coach, can't actually travel in the same car or vehicle or yes, plane. Yes, because if something happened, yes, it's the same right. thing with the vice president and the president. Okay, so the coach of the Bears and the offensive coordinator will travel separately. They'll take the private jet, probably. No, I doubt it. No, no, it's the Bears. It will. Th- I. 
Greyhound. It's not that far a Greyhound drive. go from Lake Forest to Greyhound. Uh, Greyhound. Yeah, they're all standing. I love that Amtrak. idea. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> all aboard! That's very funny. Wherever this is headed. But they are going to all be in Indy. They will be, yeah. yes. Because Most likely they'll be staying at the Hyatt. Just traditionally they've stayed at the Hyatt. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. The NFL yeah. convention starts next week. That's it is right. also called the NFL Combine. That's right. There will be deals made and, and whispers about future deals to be made. I think next week is big a big week. one for the Bears, not necessarily because of who's working out, but what they're working on Yes, behind the scenes. Yeah, it's good. It's a good, it's a good thing to do, good thing to combine. Uh, I love it. It's, yeah. it's the NFL controlling the calendar and, and getting into our get back into our consciousness after taking what? Three days off. <laughs> I mean, you know, after the Super Bowl, yes. you exhale and then you look ahead. And here in Chicago, there's always been this offseason, how monumental it is and what the debate is. So there's really no break from talking about the NFL, and that's by design. Yeah, they do a great job. They spread it out over the course of uh, the offseason, and they keep you interested, and there isn't really a lot of lulls. So that's good. Um, you know, w- these are very exciting times for the Bears. They're not going to be an exciting team during the playoffs, as we all know, because they lost 10 games last year. Do we realize they lost 10 games? I don't think that it was obvious yesterday Do that they, they lost realize? 10 games. Do I don't they think so. They not the new guys. Games? Okay. Not the new guys. Listen, there's a lot to be excited about. Let me ask you this. So does it – and I know there's a lot of, like, just inherent – cynicism skepticism everybody talks and you want to people who do what we do sometimes just want to mock out of habit sure but well earned yeah certainly when you hear these guys talk is it a coaching profession is it just is is it other professions like these guys are relentlessly positive right oh i I mean they are they they have have a a knack for like taking a question about well why did you lose 10 games? Or how, why would you join a team that hasn't been to the playoffs and won a game in, in, in over a decade? All these things that are like couched as negatives that we all understand. They have, whoever it is, whether it's Shane Waldron or Luke Getzey before him, sure. whoever the next guy will be, they are relentlessly positive in their approach to the job, to life, to everything. Is that a, by, um, because of the profession or is that because it I, makes I, you that way? I would honestly say that covering football has has sort of helped me in my life because you are trained, you use the word relentless, you are trained to relentlessly be moving forward. You know, you go to an NFL practice. In the old days, um, you could actually go out there and watch practice and be on the field. Someone goes down with injury, and what do you do? You move the drill 10 yards and you keep going. Move the drill. And the guy's laying there yeah. in the field and you're yeah. just like, oh, the, the season is lost. Right. But the reality is you keep preparing and you keep playing and you are just, you are trained at every level as a football player, as a football coach to move forward, to be positive about it. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we got Kurt Warner waiting if, if anything goes awry. The reality is, you know, the quarterback goes down in Minnesota one year. That's their season. Well, that is true. But it's happened before where something good has come of it. 
the Kurt Warner situation. So if it happens once, you're trained and conditioned to think it could happen again. It, it can happen for And us. it could happen next That's time. Right. And it can happen to us. And I think it's a good way of approaching life, frankly. Well, I don't disagree at all. I just wonder if it's exclusive or maybe more prevalent in that profession, or think, are we just exposed to it more? I think it's more prevalent in that, um, in, in that profession because the game itself is such a violent, dangerous game that there are players that are getting hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bears are a relatively young team, and when you look back on last season, they had a relatively healthy season. You know, different guys went out for different portions, but it wasn't No like, surgeries after the season. And, and That's I, huge. It's, it's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it's very unusual, frankly. But I think that that, number one, that reality – creates the mentality that we're talking about. And I, I, most football coaches, I like that. I don't know any really negative Nelly guys. Think about it. They can't be like that. Think about how often we have had these introductions and meeting new guys for the first time and evaluating the style before you get any of the substance. Because, and it just struck me yesterday, and maybe this is just me, but I did feel like this sounds familiar. Sure. And it sounds like a guy who has been in the profession for a long time and ready to take that next step and maybe ascend in his own career. But boy, is he upbeat. I, I like <laughs> I like the way both guys handled it. Both guys. I do too. I thought they did. I do too. I thought I thought they did. Listen, again, you know, okay, go out, talk to people that are desperate to find out what the decision is on the quarterback position. How many different questions was the guy asked? specifically about either Justin Fields or drafting a rookie. And he did a good job of swatting away all those questions and sticking to the, well, you know, my scheme can, anybody could have success. You know, it doesn't matter who it is. Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, whoever you want. I could coach both guys. He kept names out of his mouth. He He did. He indicated nothing. He did a great job yeah. for, for what was demanded of him by the team in that moment. I think Pat Finley had a good line in the Sun-Times. He said, if basically Shane Waldron is as disciplined calling games as he is talking about what he can't talk about or however yes. he worded it, yes. Bears are in good shape. They yeah. made a good hire. We'll wait and see. There's so much more to go, but this was about introducing them to the media. So <laughs> – Maybe it's as simple. So you know who you're looking for at the combine, or you recognize these guys. Sure. Giving them a chance to feel more comfortable on the job. Also, how about Fluce's new look? Um, yes, the bearded Flucy was uh, really an interesting look for him. Uh, he he was he was he looked relaxed. He looked like, but he also and and you got to be careful how you say this. He he did not look. Like he was some, you know, John Wayne sidekick who's running the the meat wagon. John, I'm over here. He didn't look like, you know, I look when I grow a beard. No, this was stylish. This was, this was he stylish. was someone this, had a shaver. Yes. Someone, I mean, this was, this was not an unkempt beard. This seemed Oftentimes like Oftentimes when you grow a beard. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it, rugged, it's just it, like. It's sloppy. Well, you're just like. Yeah, it's like I you didn't. forgot. You can't I find didn't. your razor. I haven't slept in two weeks. You're running and, late. Yeah, you get, you're, exactly. you're overstressed. This, was, yes. this looked like it was a suggestion of an image consultant. Wow. He looked good for it himself. It did, didn't it? He did look good for I himself. I mean, Flucy looked like he, he, he appears behind the microphone. In front of the cameras, he's like stylishly bearded. Who's he? Who's playing him in the movie? Yeah, right. Let, you a know, little again, bit. 
again, then he started talking about the same stuff he talked Stop. about. Right. I mean, I don't I didn't hear a hits principle in there, but we know no. it's there. No, we know and it's we there. Know he doesn't have him. much to add either to this no. offseason because no. it really hasn't begun in earnest. No. They're doing a lot of things. Uh, this is how the sausage is made. You do you sure. grind on tape, you have meetings about scheme, you introduce coaches to each other, you start to f- generalize your philosophy. And then you get ready and you go down to Indy and let it all happen. The the scouting portion of the program, right, The of the draft, this, we are entering what you should think of as sort of the teardown portion. So you're going to go to Indy. You're going to get your interviews with guys. You'll see some guys that jump out, you, jump out at you for whatever reason. But mainly, Not literally, this, this begins the process ah. of, of finding the worst. Oh, I didn't know. Do you see the wart on his face? Did you know he had a wart? I never saw the wart. It, it's like you're looking for the worst stuff in well, the guy, and you're tearing him down and tearing him down right up to the point where you get a couple weeks out, and then you really start building them back up and falling back in love with them, and you don't notice any blemish. Depending if you want to take them. That's the way this process yeah. works. Well, it is because right Very now. Very negative now. It is. Well, it's the, the negative process begins when you start to get a closer look and have even in-person right. interviews. You're looking at character now. You're, when you're, you're looking, looking at, at character. Oh. You're looking for things. You're looking for yes. flaws because you've seen the tape and maybe haven't been able to detect any or as many. Because when you're watching tape, you're, you are trying to fall in love with somebody or see what stands out yes. to you when you're watching and evaluating. Not just Caleb Williams, not just a quarterback position, but let's say hypothetically, you know, a, an edge rusher. Yes. Well, that looks really good. He's got one great move. Let's see what he's like in person. Right. Let's see what he's, how fluid he is when he's doing these drills, these cone drills that everyone likes to laugh at. That's when you start to say, well, oh, wow, he had a great game against Georgia, but he looks a little tight. Boy, it's, look at those hips. Listen, it's all there for you, right? Like, you can't hide on tape. You go back and you break down games. I, I, I used to love going to talk to various people. Every once in a while, you would go see a guy in his hotel room. Th- these guys are sitting there breaking down tape while they're there watching them do their running and do, because that's the job. The job is understanding players to the point where it's all there you you see what you want to see and you see what's really there if you break down the tape here's another interesting little dynamic I remember talking to one of the front office people at the Bears and like about what you look at for at the combine and little things that you detect that maybe you don't often talk about or they're not really big things but they're just little nuances watch the drills and see who is at the front of the lines and who's organizing guys when nobody's looking or when they're between drills and like, okay, line things up. Okay, okay, guys, get the balls, get the cones, whatever it is. Who's the leader of that group? Yep. And it's a little thing, but it's it's, yep. it's sometimes inconsequential. And you're never going to not draft a guy maybe, but if you're looking for a separator between a guy in the fourth round and so between him and him and then that image in your head, oh, I remember – when he was the alpha in that drill, yes. throwing the ball or running routes or whatever, and he never got tired, or he was always keeping other guys uplifted and upbeat, those things matter. The little things do matter, and that's what the Indianapolis Combine pro days are all about, well, getting these little nuances. What, didn't the Bears, like, weren't they playing ping pong and playing – weren't they doing the thing where they were trying to play – Mini golf and darts. All that stuff to just – 
try to gauge the competitiveness yeah. of a guy, or just how or how per, how their personality how they, is, how they are when they're relaxed. If yes. they if they get relaxed immediately, if they're focused on what the task is, I think I think there's is there a guy? Is this a guy everything you want to be uh, in your locker room. Mm-hmm. Can he fit in your yeah. locker room? Because right. let's face it, Ryan Poles has done a nice job and been very open about the fact that done great. He doesn't feel like everyone is. Oh, I, I shouldn't say it that way. Character matters to him to the extent that he will stay away from guys if if it doesn't if he doesn't envision that fit in a locker room or in the organization. Jalen well, Carter is the loudest yeah, see, example. See now, now that we need to have a long discussion about. I think that's a much larger discussion. But don't I, you think they're related? But but I think personality. I think they're related because I think he's building a team, and he doesn't feel that he has a locker room that can. You know, listen, they're they're not all altar boys, right? This is not you're not you're not trying to get the choir boys in to play football for you. So there are some guys that will have some marks against them or some questions about character. The question then becomes, can you absorb them into your locker room? Can you control somebody that might have a different type of personality? There are unbelievable examples throughout the NFL of guys that had seemingly questions about their character that came into places where there, were, there was a really good group, and they fit in, and they played great, and there was never an issue whatsoever. But I think that the Bears at the point where Jalen Carter was available felt they weren't able to control him or felt that they didn't have a strong enough group and personality in their locker room to absorb someone that could go the other way. That's what that is. I know. And and when you get your team built up, you should be able to get a high-level talent and not worry about that. To me, what you just said – Interpreting what you just said is something I, I tend to agree with. Last year at this time, they weren't equipped to bring in no. just Jalen Carter. Yeah. This year they would be. This year they're closer. This year to they it. would be. They're closer. I think to they it. would be closer because of what we yeah. know now, what they didn't know then is that Tremaine Edmonds is a tremendous leader in the locker room. Fair enough. Montez Sweat is a multiplier and a guy that you He's want a around. That's He's a it. guy that sets an example right. for a guy like Jalen Carter. Total DJ pro. Moore is the consummate pro on the other side of the yes. ball. And you have guys who you trust. You yes. have no Darnell Wright is somebody who's going to emerge as a maybe a quieter leader, but a guy whose example you want to follow. They are more equipped to take on character risks now than they were a year ago. And to me, that is by design. Yeah, I agree with you. So I agree with you. I think that's the progress you see that is not reflected in the standings. But I do think it matters when you're evaluating draft prospects and what you're capable of doing this offseason. I think that I think that maybe Chase Claypool is an example of bringing in a guy Great point. Yeah. who who you know you could not do what you needed with him. Maybe in a year or two you would be able to do that and maybe he would be a different player with you but that that did not work as an example of of a guy with some some issues outside of the game that did not fit. Trial and error. Yes. Young general manager figuring That's out right. what works, what doesn't work, right. what risk can I take, what risks are am I able to based on the personnel that I have in at Hallis Hall and what my coaching staff is capable of doing. And I and I think the 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 message, the thing you have to remember is they make not one or two or three. They make so many decisions. 
And there are an abundance of issues. Sometimes you make bad decisions. The question is whether in the, in the, in the entirety of it, have they made more good decisions than bad decisions? And I think it's trending the correct yes. way. It, the- you like what Ryan Poles is doing based on – the the entirety of the team he's putting together. They have to pay s- so close attention to detail. Yes, everything has to be so uh, much planned out, and you know, the number of decisions that you make in a given day at this time of the year is maybe understated because everything down to whether or not Flucy's beard stubble is beard stubble. You know, it's like that. I'm, I'm being facetious, but it's to that degree. <laughs> of detail that everything is being weighed and measured. And this is the time of year to do that. So they have the time. And now next week's a big week. The next 10 days uh, are, are, are big for the bears. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. This is it. This is, uh, this is what we've been waiting for. They got two picks in the top 10 in the draft. It's a, it is a huge way to build your team up. They also have a ton of money and I don't know how they feel about free agency. And I don't know, you know they they've been a little bit reluctant i think to really go out and make a splash in that area they've signed guys some good some okay but they have not really tried to make a big splash um you know we're still waiting for the the three technique they thought they signed someone initially and then the injury got in the way and Larry Ogunjobi's not here and and they you still wonder if they're ever going to fix that position. How about Chris Morgan getting the promotion? That's a big deal. That might have is. been the biggest news yeah. to come out of the thing yesterday. One game coordinator. The the their uh, offensive line coach, who's done a really nice job, has been promoted to run game coordinator. He's still the offensive line coach. They've just given him a title so they can give him more money, basically. But he was not only spared in the offensive staff perch, he was promoted. He was promoted. So they, that means so they that value means they him. Like, they like what they're seeing Interesting. Uh, from him, so that's good news. Um, all right, we're going to get into all of it. We'll talk about everything. We're going to pick it all apart. We've got the pick six next. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Are you comforted to know that new Bears OC Shane Waldron, quote, totally believes his scheme can fit the skill set of any quarterback, be it Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, or another QB. Were you expecting any other answer from him? (laughs) Not a a chance. I, you know, we talked about it yesterday, and I think we both anticipated that he's going to be asked about the quarterbacks, and he knows that the question's coming, and he's not allowed to say who the quarterback is. So when we were sitting here just kind of talking to each other, like, well, he's going to talk about how the scheme and how he can adapt. And all. It was exactly what he said. And it was what Eberflus said as the reason he hired him. I thought that was uh, interesting. The only guy they brought back for a second interview. And, that, and basically, they brought him back to hire him. They didn't bring him back for a second interview. But... Um, you know, there were other jobs out there for, for that guy, and uh, and they realized it, and so they hired him. But I, I think that that was exactly the answer that you were expecting. It, it, you know, you can't say who's going to be the quarterback, so you basically say, well, whoever the quarterback is, we're all getting on the same page. I like the idea that, you know, it's about getting the staff together now. Have you, have you communicated? Well, we, we've exchanged messages. That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But I like the idea. <laughs> that means he hasn't returned my call. Yeah, yeah, well, but we're talking. You know, we're communicating. There's, I think he left me a voicemail. You up, Justin? Um, but I, I do like the idea that you got to get the language together. You got to get everyone. You're putting a staff together. You got to make sure everybody understands what you're doing and what the scheme is and all that stuff. That's cool. That's a good answer. Go ahead and talk about that stuff. We'll. Uh, We'll have a lot of information about him as we move forward and as we get to know him more. And as we know who's going to run that scheme, who's his quarterback, that's a little bit of a question at this point. I mean, I expected everything to go exactly like this when I heard the presser. Like, he didn't answer anything like, hey (laughs) – uh, have you talked to Justin? You know, you know, we talk to everybody. It's about the staff and stuff like that. Hey, what do you think of Caleb Williams? You know, we'd look at all the quarterbacks and stuff like that. <laughs> he didn't answer anything. No. But here's the thing, too. When I think of great coaches and offensive coordinators, like the scheme part, like I, I get it. Like this is my scheme. I, I, when you get certain players, if it's Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, whatever their traits are, I always feel like why can't you adapt to the player, not the player adapt to your scheme? That I just right. I never I never got that. Like this is my scheme, the players got to fit into my scheme. My scheme works, my scheme wins. But I'm just like, why not just adapt your scheme more to the player's skill set? I just never get that. So when they say like my scheme can fit with any quarterback, I mean it's good to hear, but at the same time, I'm interested in skill set. That's great. That's a great point, Brandon, because I do think that's almost one of the things that as he said it. It reminded me that's why he's here in a way. Right. It wasn't necessarily that. That's what went wrong. That's what went wrong. Your inability. And frankly, that's coaching, isn't it? That is coaching. You've got to be able to fit what you do to what you have. So when you have a guy like Shane Waldron who has done the job before, called plays, but also been part of 
a reclamation project in Geno Smith. Sure. He was also the hand-picked guy of Russell Wilson. And when you talk about his credentials, they are impressive. So I was waiting to see what everybody was talking about, what the fuss was about. Why would Russ want him? And Shane Waldron, to me, came off as a little bit uh, excited. He was definitely felt maybe a degree, some nervousness, which I don't mind because he was meeting the Chicago media for the first time. He was making his first impression, and he knew how carefully he had to paint uh, between the number, the, the lines there, you know, the paint by numbers. Like you can't say this, you can't say this. Is very, very careful, and I don't mind him being careful because we all understand why. So I was, I, I, I know it was a low bar to clear. It was about style, not substance. But I think that he cleared it, and I look forward to hearing more from Shane Waldron, who fits ideally on a staff that is just all about ball. But to go back, you know, your first question, your first part of your question there, no doubt. Yep, that was Matt Eberflus right there. And with Matt Eberflus, with Matt Eberflus confirming he will call defensive plays, what do you make of Eric Washington's explanation of why he took the defensive coordinator job with the Bears? You know, my focus was on what the job is and as opposed to what it isn't. You know, the opportunity to come here and to this organization with a defense that is clearly on an upward trajectory now, that's a guy that can get you excited, even though it wasn't necessarily how he said it, but what he's talking about. I really feel like Eric Washington is here because he sees the same thing a lot of us see in this Bears defense. When he talked about wanting to create a pass rush that was one of the best in the league and the, mm. the, the, you know, the best in the NFL, you're like, yeah, he could probably do that. My gosh, if they get this edge rusher, if they get this cornerback back and oh, they move it all together, this Bears defense could be special. And Eric Washington wants to be a part of that. He was here before. He's been somebody that's worked for very respected head coaches and very good organizations at the time he was there. So there's a lot to like there. I understand what he's talking about. This defense could be, will be, I think the strength of this team, it's enough to get a guy like that who understands what he's here to do and what he's not here to do. He's not going to be the guy that gets all the credit. This will always be Matt Eberflus's defense. I like the fact that he's humble enough to accept that and he's respected enough to make an impact still. So I think he also made a very strong first impression. I'm with you, David. I mean, out of all the coordinators, you know, that I heard, Eric Washington to me like really stood out. Just the fact that he don't even really he's not even the defensive coordinator and he stood out more to yeah. me than Shane Walden to me just I, I love the pass rush because that is obviously we've been talking about it all last season that's the weakness they need a pass rush now they got sweat hopefully they can add another one to it but I, I like him just the, the more he talks I was like man he, he got a real good impression on me look I mean, we know why Eberflus is, is controlling the job. He's the defensive coordinator. It's the reason why I feel like he's the head coach right now. I mean, he stepped up in a way where the Bears kind of – the defense stepped up. Jalen Johnson played better. You had Sweat on there playing well. I mean, it makes sense why he should be the defensive coordinator. But, look, Aaron Washington on this staff, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I was impressed by him. I thought he did a really good job. I thought that's the that is the best question, by the way. You know, why are you coming here as a defense coordinator if you're not going to be able to call the plays? Um, you know, I, I want to talk about the pass rush briefly because he brought it up. I I really 
I really wonder if the guys they have, if if you can increase a pass rush or if you need to go outside the organization to get that done. The if you recall when the Bears were making the deal they made for Montez Sweat, there was also talk at the time, like, oh, should they go get Chase Young? You know, it's one of those two guys, you know, Sweat's a solid player, but Boy, you know, Young can flash, and he's got all this ability. Which one should they get? Well, they made the right decision because they got the guy that's going to break his rear end, that's going to work hard every play. They gave him $100 million, and they couldn't slow him down. He was going to earn that money. He was going to work on every play. And then you're watching Chase Young. Okay, he had a sack in the Super Bowl. Someone tell Tony Romo that he was unblocked when he got that sack. The guy blew the block. I don't even think he was touched. He gets the Super Bowl. There's James Young. The guy loafed around in the NFC Championship game like you've never seen. Um, But I wonder, you know, when you talk about like a Danielle Hunter, when you talk about getting a guy on the opposite side, maybe the two interior guys that you drafted last year can develop and be good enough inside but I think you need to go outside the organization to get the the, the other pass I think they rusher. will. And I think that's going to – that comes Either at a high Either free agency with money you have or I, a draft yes. high with the pick that you still possess. The number nine possess. pick. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I, I just think that, man, they will be so much better if they get that. And, and you know, hey, pay the corner. You're also going to have to pick up a veteran safety – I'm just saying that the elements of a great defense are there. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody can create a pass rusher out of nothing. Not in that defense or that scheme. I think that yeah. you can create pass rush by applying pressure right. creatively. That doesn't seem like the reason he's here. It's more about getting the players who can right. get to the quarterback with the front four. It's a kid they brought in from Miami of Ohio, and they've, they've tried to make Dominic him a, Robinson. Dominic Robinson, who was just sadly didn't get a game last year. Now, this is it for him. We'll see him in his third year. Can he take a step forward? And if you can help him do that, that'd be great. But I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Oh, that's a good question. How about, Eddie, how about Eddie Olsik telling us yesterday he believes Patrick Kane is the greatest Blackhawks player to ever play for the organization? Yeah, there are a lot of chapters still to be written, and obviously, you know, you never know what happens down the road. But uh, to me, Patrick Kane is the, the greatest player ever to play for the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you agree, and is it even close? Um, okay, it's a hard one. This is a hard one because it's so subjective. You know, I think we can all appreciate what Patrick Kane did and we can love him and we can sit back and say they don't win three cups without him. But I also think that when you think about the greatest players in Blackhawks history, you know, and it's a hard one to apply from one year to to another. You know, Bobby Hall was an unbelievable hockey player. He was an all-time great and they did win the cup in 61, was it? I, I don't know. Yes. I, none of us were around for yes, that. Yes, 61. But they did it. Yes, okay? they did. Stan Makita yeah. was a guy who was here, who was here forever, and and was a phenomenal player for years and years and years, who, who just, you know, represented the franchise. I think everybody loves Stan Makita. Um, you know, when I was a kid, we would crush a can, and we'd be out in the street, sometimes kicking it, 
Sometimes we had actual hurling sticks, which, believe it or not, will crack a hockey stick in half. And it happened in my uh, in my front uh, straight. Um, you know, we had hockey sticks occasionally, but all anyone wanted to be was Tony O. Tony O, Tony O. It was, you know, Tony Esposito was this unbelievable player. And I, I'm just saying, you know, it, it's easy to look at this. Okay. Jonathan Taves was Captain Sirius, Captain My Captain. Do they win those titles without that guy? And I get it. He used up himself. He used up his body. If you needed someone to stand in front of, he'd be the guy to do it. He would fill in any dark spot you were missing on your team to his detriment. He took tons of hits, and it probably impacted his career and the length of time. I love Patrick Kane. I don't know that I can sit here and just say greatest Blackhawks player ever. I think as a real, I, I, it's been ringing in my ears. I thought about it on the drive home. I thought about it, it when, we were, you. when we were arguing just about it. The it elevator. bugged you all day. It didn't bu- it's just so subjective. <laughs> I'm glad Kaner's coming back. I uh, wish he'd never left. Yeah. But damn, can we just, can we say that without question? Captain, my captain? Yeah, he's top two, top three for me, Patrick Kane. I'll probably give it to Bobby Hall just because of the fact, I mean, isn't he the all-time leading goal scorer for the Blackhawks to me? I, and also, to, was Patrick Kane ever a captain ever? No. For this? I, I, I think that kind of matters to me. If you're, if you're the greatest, I feel like you also got to be the captain too. I, I just feel like when I – he's a part of the dynasty, of course, of that Blackhawks when they won those – Stanley Cups, but at the same time, I, when I think of them, I think of I don't just think of Patrick Kane. I always think of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Like I, I just feel like they share it a little bit. Even even though I know Patrick Kane's a better goal scorer overall, I, I probably give him number two, number three. But I, I'm probably gonna have to give it to Bobby Hall. Nah, it's showtime. I'm with Eddie O. I think yeah, with due respect to Bobby Hall, who I didn't really see play growing up a lot. Wasn't, wasn't he the first the million hockey. dollar player? He was, yeah, he was the first lot of they things. They gave him a million first dollars lot to go things. to Winnipeg. Okay, he also won one cup. I'm not going to disparage Bobby Hull's career one, on the ice. One cup. Hall. This is about Patrick Kane. You're not going to disparage. This is about Patrick Kane. Showtime. Three cups. The most talented, most explosive, the most skilled skater that's ever put on a Blackhawk sweater. And Sunday, he's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. He's got eight points, I think, in his last six games. Overtime, Overtime winner last, last night. night. Yeah. He is doing everything for the Red Wings that they wanted him to do. I don't care if it's Detroit. It shows you what he's still capable of. There will be conversations about whether or not he should have been in the Blackhawk uniform forever. But I think that when you look at the greatest all-time and you look at his numbers at the end of his career, they will say that he is the best Blackhawk ever. They will. The, he'll have the the trophies to prove it, and he'll have the highlight reel that is longer than anybody else's because he was he was magical in that way. He was a guy that you didn't want to take your eyes off of when he was on the ice. And I do think that, you know, when you look at American-born players, he's going to end up being staking claim to probably being the best ever. So I can't wait for Sunday. I wonder will there be more Bedard jerseys or Patrick Kane Blackhawk jerseys? You just brought it up. Is Bedard the greatest Blackhawks player ever? By the end of his career, we talk to me in twenty years. 
let's have this uh, conversation in 15 years, and we'll have, we'll have a good debate. I hope it will be a good debate. But Jonathan Taze, with due respect, and Patrick Kane, there is no debate. I love the other guys who have been – you could take somebody off the they, – they don't win the Cups without Duncan Keith, but he's no Patrick Kane, not in, in the context of history. Historically speaking, Eddie O's claim that Patrick Kane is the best Blackhawk ever will withstand the test of time. You take in Taze or Bedard or Pierre Pallot <laughs> right now? Why you got to knock him? I'm just making a joke. You know, to answer your question – after Thursday night's game against the Celtics, the Bulls have 26 games left. Based on last night's performance, what is a reasonable expectation of their record for the remainder of the season? And are there any surprises left in this team? I think this could go off the rails. I fear last night watching that when they blew that lead mm. or when they started playing as the way they did in the third quarter and you started to see the gap between the, the class of the league and, and the middle class of the Eastern Conference, I wondered if they don't get healthy, and it doesn't look like they're going to. Zach Levine's not coming back. Torrey Craig's not going to be back in a while. Where's Patrick Williams? How long is that going to go? How when is, when is he going to be effective again? Oh, boy. So what do you mean again? Well, right. 10, 26 games is 12 and 14 respectable. Is 10 and 16 possible? This could get ugly. And if it does, I wonder how they react to that in the offseason. Will they do anything again or will they embrace the status quo again? But last night was not a good way to start your final stretch because 26 games left sounds very very threatening. They're the same team as last year. They're a play-in team. I mean, that's it. I mean, I don't see. I don't know. I don't see Brooklyn, who fired their coach, gonna mm. jump over them. That's out right now. I don't, Toronto just traded their best player away. The Hornets are the Hornets, and then you got Washington and sorry, Robbie, Detroit, horrible. So, like, with it's that okay. being said, it's <laughs> it's. I mean, maybe the Tempsey, like Tempsey, that's still a play-in team. I mean, it's it, forty and. 42 like that that's probably the best for them yeah um Robbie by the way Detroit guy wearing a Cubs hat so he fits in give me a break yeah I'm just I'm just trying to fit in here yeah guys. that's this kind of I'm a chameleon yeah exactly. Dustin left in the Cubs hat I just love Christopher Morrell you you would never wear a Sox hat I guess I right? uh, never yeah that's the Tigers for you <laughs> um but like a lot of guys that that moved to Chicago you just immediately put on a Cubs hat. <laughs> Um, okay, look, the, um, the Bulls, uh, here's, the, you know, this is the best question of the whole day. Is there any surprise left in this team? I, I think we've seen, I think, I feel tired watching them. I think we've seen all the surprises we're going to see. What would be the surprise? You know, Patrick Williams coming back and being good, would that be a surprise? That would be the thing that would yeah. help them. Right. That would be great. Torrey Craig hurting his knee as you're going against a team that that has eight guys that can knock down threes on you. That was a that was a train wreck. Those injuries are really bad. Did you see their starting lineup with with Kobe and Io? Really, that's your starting lineup. That that's kind of a backup lineup to begin with. You don't have any power forwards left, 
and you and you look at where this team is at, and you just don't. I don't see where the spark come from. Uh, comes from. I don't see where there is an element that we hadn't expected or seen. I we've seen it already with Kobe White. I I think that he came out of nowhere and they got better. And that, wow, you know. Zach goes down, it doesn't matter because we got a third guy and it's still going to be the big three. I feel I feel like as exhausted as DeMar DeRozan as I watch this. Just too many games, too many seasons. You look fresher, though. Too much. That, uh, thank you, buddy. Um, it, it's just, it, I think it's the vitamins. But it's just too much. Can you give him a few? It's too much. He looks it's, tired. Yeah, it, he, he does. He just had a week off. I'm just saying. They came off the break with that performance. Give me a break. I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. What did you guys think of the Bears promoting offensive line coach, coach Chris Morgan to run game coordinator? Was that the plan all along and the reason SEMO was retained and the rest of the staff was fired? Does this suggest anything about the Bears' offensive identity? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting move. And I think it's, um, again, you're rewarding a guy that you held in high esteem. And I think... If I'm the Raiders right now and I see and I see this, I'm spitting out my coffee. Wait a minute. I thought we got I thought we had the running game coordinator, and that's why he's our offensive coordinator. I think what they liked about Luke Getze is that he ran the ball. Hey, we want to run the ball. This guy knows how to run the ball. Well, apparently it's SEMO. At least in the Bears' eyes, at least in Matt Eberflus's world, that's the guy he retained. That's the guy he promoted. And they still want to get that run game going, and they know they're going to get it because they've got an offensive line coach that wants to put the run game together. A lot of offensive line coaches do that role anyway in the NFL. It's like a it's a it's a huge job. You better have a good offensive line coach if you're going to compete in the NFL. You also need a defensive line coach. So you got uh, improvements on those areas for this team, hopefully. Um, it, it, it's a uh, it's a very telling thing that you get rid of your offensive guys, but you keep the line coach and you uh, give him a bump and you give him a new title. So congratulations to Chris Morgan. I thought he did a really good job last year. I think that they've gone through a lot just trying to line these guys up and figure out how to get that line going. I still think they need help, obviously. You know, I want. I don't want to call the offense rudderless, but I will call it centerless. And uh, you would like to get that fixed. The offensive line was kind of one of the questions going into last season, and I think they did a solid job overall. So congratulations to Simo on, you know, getting this run game coordinator. Was that a position that they had last year? No, there was no run game coordinator position for this Bears team last season. So, I mean, with that I think, being said, I think Justin Fields held Justin job. Fields was the run game coordinator. He was <laughs> he was the one. With that being said, that, that does kind of say what this team identity is. I feel like with Shane Waldron, they're going to run the ball. That's going to be the identity, especially if they get a rookie, you know, quarterback. That's kind of what you want to do to help out a rookie QB. Chris Morgan must be an outstanding coach. He survived the purge and now he's getting promoted. And I do think that the Bears' running game identity the last several years was rooted in the fact that Justin Fields was the best running back on the field for them. Right. Now, did he benefit from uh, an offensive line that was great at run blocking? I don't know if he did or not. I I think that he benefited from being 
the best running back on the field and having explosiveness and athleticism and, and being big and strong and fast. I don't know about this. I And again, we don't know what the meetings are like. We don't know what the film reviews are like. We don't know Chris Morgan, frankly, from Joe Morgan or any Morgans. And I don't know that we're in a position to really evaluate the, the strength of position coaches anything more than by reputation. And he certainly has a growing reputation as a good technician and a, and a sound, solid offensive line coach, which is maybe the most important position coach on your staff. I would say, either offensive or defensive line. Very important. So this is consistent with the way the Bears think of him. I don't know if it leans into their identity or not. I think their identity will be uh, whatever Shane Waldron determines it to be if they have a rookie quarterback. They're going to want to lean into the running game until he becomes more effective and give him time to grow. So, yes, this is consistent, and I think it's probably going to be a good move overall. Now go ahead and ask me whatever you want to ask me, and I'll answer whatever I feel like. Last one. According to Fortune Magazine, 10 professional sports teams, five in the MLB, five in the NFL, either announced or began plans on a building on building a new stadium. And all 10 of those plans included hundreds of millions of dollars from governmental budgets. As galling as Jerry Reinsdorf's South Loop plan might be, $1 billion in public subsidies. Is he just following the playbook used by his billionaire peers? And does that change anything? This is important context to remember in this conversation because it changes nothing. The ask is still audacious. Jerry Reinsdorf is still galling. His veiled threats to move is irritating, hypocritical, and annoying. There are not, there's not enough time left in this segment or this show to say all the things that rankle you about Jerry Reinsdorf's presence in that leather coat going to Springfield. That image is one of the ones that's going to be the most indelible of this offseason and of the calendar year 2024. That said, this is the way that business is done in professional sports. I don't like it. I was surprised at the numbers. Ten projects in 2023, and all ten had some sort of public funding attached to these projects. It is part of life in a big city. It is part of life in professional sports. It's part of life that makes me wonder if we're all going to just have to accept it at the end of the day. And if this project in the South Loop may get forced through and approved because of what this context suggests. Everybody does it. Everybody tries it. I don't like it anymore. I may hate it more. I may like it even less. But it could happen because it has happened in other cities. And I do think those are the precedents that Jerry Reinsdorf has pointed to or the people around him have pointed to. See, I'm a Sox fan, just like Mully. And this just kind of, like, frustrates me a little bit because it's, it's, it's crazy. We talk more about the Sox than, than the Cubs right now. And the Cubs are a better team. And the fact that... And they're trying to win. And they're, and, and they're trying to win. While the Sox team right now on paper looks horrible. You don't even know some of the Sox players. And then on top of this, the Bears, they get a stadium. And it's like, well, what about us? So now I'm going to threaten to move to Nashville. And now let me – I want a billion dollars of public funding. Like, I, it's just – it's just same old Jerry. This doesn't change anything. And it's just it, – it's just sad overall. 
you know, to be a Sox fan right now, like we can't even talk about like just good performance baseball. Yeah, I, it, it is a great point, uh, Brandon, that you make there for sure. Um, did you read Sully? He wrote a great column about this. If you read Fran Spielman, she talked to a lawmaker who was in Florida when the Sox didn't show up in Tampa. Yeah, She talked about it. I got to tell you, you know, the problem with this thing is Jerry. That's the problem. He, we've been down this road. We've heard the, the threats. We understand what the game plan is. We know, you know, it's like Jerry got out his book, his giant book of, like, stadium. Uh, what, it's like a spell book, you know, and he, he's blowing the dust off the thing and, oh, threatened to leave. And now he's telling us, well, when I die, who Jerry, who turns 88 on Sunday, well, when I'm gone, it's up to Michael. Michael apparently at the lunch with the Cranes reporter. And, uh, I, I mean, that's great, right? It didn't say anything because I don't think he's allowed. But, you know, Jerry, when I die, we're going to sell this team and, oh, whoever buys it's going to move out of town. How many Sox fans, if you took a poll right now, Brandon, you're a Sox fan. How many people would roll the dice on that one? Let's just get a new owner in and see what he does. If he's going to take the team somewhere else, ah, you know, what a pity. I hope he. I wish he wouldn't, and it's too bad. Going to buy did. the team? You're not moving it. If you buy the team, finance the South Loop. Surely there's somebody you're staying with deep enough pockets. You're staying to get the whole and thing you're done. Enjoy it. And isn't yeah. going to go back to the '80s blueprint of how do you squeeze politicians for money? I mean, enough with Jerry as the front man going down there. I, can you imagine? It's like you're on the L, and the guy's got the three cards, and you're trying, and he's moving them around. And it's like, do we have to see an 88 year old man run the same shell game that he's been running most of his career? The problem it's with tough. the references to the St. Pete Bluff oh. is that. That's exactly where his mind has remained. Exactly. And that's exactly the way it that he views it. It, it. it worked, and also he is stuck in that era, and he never really has advanced. And, and you know, frankly, we're all stuck in that era because we see him and he starts that. You know, go visit the Nashville mayor. Are you kidding me? I mean, that wasn't a shot across the bow before you start all this stuff, and then you claim, oh, whoever buys the team's moving. Give me a break. Just Just, just stop. Enough! 312-644-6767. We got the extra point next. Mully and Haw on the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. How about the Cubs starting Jordan Wicks against the White Sox today in the spring training opener for both teams? I mean, we, we've heard of Wicks, right? What about the White Sox countering five named pitchers, all non-roster invitees with just one rostered player, Alex Spees, who split time between double-A and triple-A last year? Well, I don't care who's pitching. The Cubs are playing the White Sox. It's February. It's right here on the score. Ron Coomer and Alex Cohen, 155 start. And that is baseball season beginning. Okay, you can't name the Sox starting pitchers. Um, the fear is, is that an opening day we're going to have the same question. And they're going to be like, who are these five guys in the Sox bullpen? Can you name them? And I don't think many people will be able to. Jordan Wicks on the mound for the Cubs is something that gets me excited about the Cubs pitching staff. 
he's one of several guys vying for that fifth spot. Jordan Wicks is your fifth starter. Goodness sakes, does that bode well for young young Cubs pitchers? I think Jordan Wicks had a terrific cameo at the end of the 2023 season. I look forward to all the improved sweep in his pitches and the things that Tommy Hadovy talked about yesterday and this week and about Jordan Wicks' spring so far. He is a prospect, one of several guys that you're going to be able to see for years to come if all goes well and right. And that process for this season begins today. I'm kind of curious about the Sox because oh, come on, man. I'm a little curious to see they're, they're not going to play any regulars. I, I guess the curiosity is mostly about the unknown element of everything coming together, and we're gonna, it's going to be a while before we see that. But I just like the idea, Cubs versus Sox, baseball back on the radio, on your TV screen, and it's, it's uh, spring training. So optimism is in the air, even if we've never heard of any of the guys the Sox will trot out onto the mound today. Yeah, you was talking about you can't name anybody in the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, eventually yeah. down the line, you can't name any. You can't name like a player in the outfield, probably infield, the starters. Like, I don't know who are these guys on the sides. But like you said, it's spring training. It doesn't matter. My main focus in this game is Jordan Wicks because right now he's trying to see is he the long term answer to be in their starting rotation. Like I think he's what battling for the fifth spot, and mm-hmm. you got young, you got youngsters coming up. You got Ben Brown coming up. You got Kate Horton coming up. So you you really want to perform really well overall for Jordan Wicks. So I, I'm excited to see him pitch against this one. I mean it it and like you said, it, it is an unknown with the White Sox with their players. So it is somewhat you're kind of curious to see how this team's going to play. But I mean we we already know how they're going to play because Pedro Grifo told us they're going to play fast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I can't wait to watch it. I, I mean, I, I'll make a confession here, and it's just ridiculous. But I watched, I don't know, probably an hour of uh, of the Dodgers yesterday, and I just thought, well, you know, it's Camelback Ranch. Maybe I'll see some sock stuff in the background. I don't. Why would I sit in front of that nonsense? It was fourteen to one. They beat the Padres. It, it was just. I guess the Dodgers, God bless them, they got the best television contract known to man, so they got nothing but money. Um, I'm watching this thing. Why am I sitting in front of this? But I'm going to do it again today because it's Cubs Sox. I think what's funny about this, and it is amusing to me, is that we know Jordan Wicks. Yeah, I've heard of him. Good. I want to see what he's got. How's he look? I want to see, you know, the, the, if he's got the glasses on and he's looking you down and he's got the left-handed pitch and go, I, I like that idea. But the Sox are rolling out all these guys that are non-roster invitees to camp. I, I, I mean, you talk about – you want to know why no one can name the bullpen, David? Because no one can name the players on the team. They got four new starters. And we're not going to see starters. This is just going to be a – Spring training Cubs game. are starting, but we'll see bodies. Well, I'm, but I'm I'm talking about the white. Yeah, does that mean Morell's the third baseman? Because then I want to see how he so. looks. I think that'd be kind of fun to see. I want to know how does is Taupman gonna Taupman gonna start in center field? I want to know how he looks. Uh, very curious about the hair of uh, of Pete Crow Armstrong. Still blue. Yeah, I'm feeling a little blue. I want to see, see is Ian Hat batting third. Um, well, here we go. Is, he, is that his birthright? But, but I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I think that there are good things to watch. I want to yeah. see, 
I want to see some Sox players too. But the the pitching this tells you what's going on with both teams. The Cubs are are trying. They've got like really good young players. They're trying to figure out how they're going to line them up. And the Sox have incredibly obscure pitching that no one knows how they're going to line them up. Right? We, who was the fifth starter? You you mentioned him the other day, and I just threw my hands up. Uh, I, it, let's see what happens before we. Chris Flexen out. doesn't do it for you. A Flexen, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> gun flexin. show. The gun show's on. Yeah, sun's out, guns Hell. out. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We'll get to your calls. Can't wait to hear it. Looking forward to the big broadcast today. Yeah, Did, didn't wear any Cubs gear. I do wonder. You are in night, Robbie, like, but, powder hey, blue, but I don't think that's that's the old Cub uniform on the road this uniforms. Is, this is my Lions jersey, is according it? to Dustin. Yeah, so. well, that looks a little bit like the old Cub road uniforms that Rick Russell used to sport. I remember really? those back in the day. Rick Russell. I wonder what people are looking that for today. That wasn't a compliment. I remind you of Rick <laughs> Russell. Holy God. That's just what I think of when I think of those old, ugly Cub powder blue road uniforms. Well, what do you think of when you see the see-through pants Cub uniforms? <laughs> those are the uh, new uniforms. Apparently, see-through mistake. pants. Did you hear that yeah, one? Yeah, I did. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. I guess the word of the day is fast. Mully and Hall, Chicago, Sports Radio, 670, the score. Yeah. That's, fast. Uh, Play good fast. To, good to hear from Pedro Grafal. We'll get to see how the fast works. Is it weird? I, I found it weird that he waited a year before he came up with his acronym. I don't get triggered by acronyms. I do. I know. I don't know why. I think it's amusing because everybody uses them. They, there's some are just more public than others. You know, you've been in locker rooms. You've been around every coach. It's the coachiest of coach things. Every team, every sport, every you know, level. You know what I love about acronyms is there's always there's always a letter in there that has like you, you can't use one word for it, right? So so like so it's like two words with yeah. hits. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's, it's a, like it's a whatever it's the a last consolidation one is, of a thought. You know, yeah. Sound, whatever, sensible, football. There's more to it than... There's like two words. Intensity, taking care of the football, taking it away, and being smart situational players. Smart situational. Yeah. Uh, It's 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 not really one word. It's it's, 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 uh, Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, whether it's an acronym or initials that stand for something, there's a slogan, there's a bumper sticker, a T-shirt, things that you remember. I bet you can remember... Something from your athletic past, growing up, formative years, or Loyola soccer, whatever it is, you can remember either an acronym or initials that stand for something that matters to you still. Or you remember it, yeah. and it, it, it elicits a memory of something positive and impactful. The late, great Ray O'Connell used to say to us things like, it's a tough sit, you got to stay pause." And and we would laugh about that for years because yeah. like you couldn't say situation or positive like you had to it's coach speak it's coach speak yes tough sitch keep pause LPD loyalty pride and dedication that was when I was twelve years old the football program in North Jetson Indiana and still there's T-shirts there's it's still something you remember when you hear all these silly things and then when I was in college uh, a coach said this it made me think about when you said something that doesn't make any sense to people unless you're in sure. that moment right. It wasn't raining when Noah built his ark. 
I mean, there's <laughs> truth these, to that. These little silly things yeah. stay with you forever. Yeah. So when I hear these acronyms and, you know, Bernstein makes fun of it and great. I mean, it's easy to mock, but I think it's impossible to forget some of these things if you're in those environments and you value some of the things that you get from that. Um, so fast. Play fast. Fast is fearless, yeah. aggressive. Uh-huh. Uh, the S is selflessness, uh, right? Selfless. I, I'm not quite and sure. It must be selflessness, but it's selfless. <laughs> and then the T. You're it, editing it, Pedro. Well, then, then here we go with the T. Yeah. Right. What does the T mean? Technically sound. That's again. The, so it's fast. <laughs> okay. Right. You cannot Technically have sound? a history as a Technically copy sound. editor. Yes. Or an English major and respect the acronym that okay. doesn't really that doesn't fit. end with one word. See? Because your brain is wired and to And hits doesn't end with one word. I know. Word. But it's... your brain is wired that way. And so fast. you're never going to just kind of let it go. I know. You're never I know. every time it's hard. You, every it's time hard. you hear that. And I think that's what's amusing it's, to me. It's is hard that... being me. I no. mean, honest to God. But when you hear easy. hits, you think of the incongruity of the acronym. And when you hear do. fast, you think about it can't be fast because there's an extra S. I know, I know. I, 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 and I'm not, I, I apologize You're for not even making bringing it up. it up. No, and it does drive I, me I'm nuts. glad you brought it up. Drives me crazy. I haven't had that memory of being 12 in years or weeks. Let's try Colin. Colin is in Rockford. Hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. Morning, guys. Um, just referring back to the opening segment about um, absorbing personalities and stuff like that. Hmm. I, I don't think that you can really replace your leader with a personality like that. I understand that there are situations like you're talking about Jalen Carter, but also like I go back to the Eagles locker room last year to this year and look how that changed. And I don't know. I mean, that, that position has got to be your leader. He's got to have a rock solid personality. And if you question that, look back at Jay Cutler. Thanks guys. It's an interesting well, point. Yeah, I, I mean, it's important to have leaders in the in the locker room, no doubt about it. And um, when the bear, when Lovey was here and the Bears were were rolling, they had Brian Urlacher on defense and Olin Krutz on offense. You know, you you're blessed to have two guys that can kind of run the locker room in the way they did. And, and Brian probably did it more through example than actually getting on people. But Olin kept everyone in line. Mm-hmm. And I think every team wants to have, ideally, a respected veteran on each side of the ball to to kind of police the locker room, if you will, in the way you described it. You know, what happened in the Eagles to the Eagles this year is, yeah. a, is an interesting example. They changed some of their makeup. They, yeah. But we're talking about a guy who is a bear now, TJ Edwards. That hurt them. They missed him more yes. than they thought they would. Yeah. Well, Chemistry I, matters. And I think that when you're in a position like the Bears, where you're just trying to put a team together, you're not going to lose anybody that you are going to miss too much because of the fact that you no one's been here that long. Right. They're just kind of they're just kind of slapping it together. But they they've made a couple of good moves. Crowley's in Wrigleyville. Hey, Crowley. Good morning, boys. Today's the day. Spring training, first game. Let's go. Yeah, um, have you talked to Dustin? I think he's uh, on his way to. Uh, he's driving. He's he's going to be dancing all day. He's, he's, is he driving to, to Arizona? Yeah, driving to the game. Uh, we haven't heard from him. Uh, you know, hopefully Dustin's all right. We did a podcast. We released it yesterday. We're excited about this game, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, 
you got you know Alex Cohen is calling it. He was the 2023 Broadcaster of the Year. So if your listeners didn't know that, tune in to the score of 155 because it's going to be awesome. Um, Two you promos guys were in talking one. Thanks, about, Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Uh, you guys, you guys were talking about Jerry Reinsdorf and his tin cup for a billion dollars. Do you remember when the Ricketts underwent the 1060 project, the renovation? Right. They asked the city for to pay for it. They said no. Then right. the Cubs came back and said, can you pay some of it? They said no. Right. Then they asked if they could keep the 12% amusement tax on the tickets, and they said no. So if I, I really I would love to understand what Tom Ricketts is going to think if somehow Jerry gets that billion-dollar stadium. It, it, it is a really legitimate Thanks, point Charlie. because they have treated the Cubs in a completely different fashion than they have treated the White Sox. And I think when the Cubs – or even looking for some help with that project, you went back to talking about looking where the Sox are playing and look who built it and look who put the I, money up for I it. I understand the argument, and I, right. and I don't want to argue against it. Yes. But I think the argument against it would be that this is the creation of something brand new, and this is a creation of more jobs and opportunities and development in that part of the city, right. whereas Wrigley Field already existed and if you wanted to upgrade that and build around the neighborhood, then it's up to you to do that. That was the message sent. It also was a different political climate. Yes, it was. N- now than it was then, especially with the mayor, Rahm Emanuel, who was not budging an inch on any of that stuff. And I think that you, you wonder what the climate will be. Ma- Brandon Johnson's already shown a propensity. Maybe he's he's given in a little bit. His rhetoric is a little bit softer than it was six well, weeks ago. I, and, and, you know, Brandon and Jerry Reinsdorf probably share the same – this, generally speaking, some similar political views. Whereas, the, you know, for whatever reason, you had opposites with the Ricketts uh, and that's what I mean, and and the uh, and the mayor. Yeah, I think that politics and, and sports can make some interesting bedfellows, and yes. I think you wonder where this is headed because of that. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We got Biggs time next. Going to bring in our guy Brad Biggs. We'll go over the coordinators and what they said and the offseason and what it means to the Bears. Mully and Hawn, the score. Yeah, whatever. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.